and gas makes modern life possible. The energy the world requires today and tomorrow will come from decisions made in the oil field today. Oil and gas will remain the leading source of fuel to power affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies, and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, clean, storable, and transportable power. The Oil Field 360 podcast is a 360-degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry who will provide listeners with a first-hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. The Oil Field 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. United Airlines. As Houston's hometown airline, United has long been the preferred carrier of the energy sector. United for Business offers a range of programs and discounted travel options built for all of your energy, resource, and marine travel needs. Get started at united.com business. Piper Sandler. The energy and power team of Piper Sandler is committed to the global energy industry and delivers exceptional client services in M&A advisory, capital markets execution, institutional sales, and investment research. For more information, please visit pipersandler.com slash energy and power. Welcome to the Oilfield 360 podcast. We are coming to you live from the Fletch Azul podcast studio in Houston, Texas. You may notice we have a different setup today. This is a little bit different than our normal two-by-two. You also, we have some guests that we don't typically introduce for a couple minutes, but you can see them on camera now. So, uh, David, good morning. What are we? No, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Doing well. This I'm uh, I'm kind of kind of mixed emotions. I have espresso in my system. Yes, and I have a little tequila in my system. It's <laughs> so. it's going to be an interesting day. Yeah. So, you know how excited I am about this episode, right? We've been waiting. How long we've we been waiting for this specific episode? It's been a while. Is See our guest. He talked. I mean, we're gonna just. He doesn't even know yet. He doesn't. <laughs> if he starts talking now, this this thing is gonna get out of hand. Get, uh, got out of hand last time. Yeah. So we are. We've been waiting for this at least six months. We're not very patient people, so this was to get this finally on the books has been a pretty big deal. Oh, it is, and uh, you know, you dressed up for it today. I mean, look at you, got the Odessa Country Club look yeah. going. The got laces, some blue laces. Yeah. I, I, I had mean, some masters green and yellow. I figured uh, again, just too yeah. much, just really. So no. the re- the real problem for me this week was I did a bunch of posts letting people know how excited I was about this. Yes, and I need to work on some of that, but uh, was- I. I I couldn't temper how excited yeah. I was. Everybody knows that I'm just going to totally blow this episode. So uh, do you want to introduce our guest today? I would. I would. I'm yeah. happy to. So we, uh, we, we've we already introduced him before, so I'll, we'll go with him second. But uh, okay. we have the infamous Abraham Answer, who is here today. Thanks. And uh, he is a phenomenal golfer. We look forward to seeing more happening. He's also co-founder of Fletch Azul Tequila with our other good friends. Returning guests. Returning guests. Mr. Extraordinary. Back to back. Aron Marquez. Yeah. Cheers. Welcome, and, gentlemen. Uh, glad Thanks y'all for having are here. Us, man. I do got one question I got to put, I got to put Aron on the spot for, Throw you know, earlier. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about in our last conversation was the things you were working on, you know, about yourself and how you were going to get down to like some ridiculous 8% body fat. Where, where are we in more progress? <laughs> let me, before I answer that, the camera adds 10 pounds yeah. for sure. <laughs> Let's just say that. For sure. And so does tacos. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I still, I try to stay active and work out Lean and everything. And yeah. The problem is 
when you're trying when you're trying to launch a tequila brand, you know, the spirits market is so competitive. When you try to launch a com- tequila brand, you have to do quality control. Yes, you do. And yes. I do quality control, especially on our reposado. I mean, <laughs> just to make sure that every bottle. I try to open it's every other gone, bottle. It's almost gone, by the way. It's open. Yeah. Notice that we just opened that bottle and it's already gone. So let but. me let me do a little house cleaning here just to kind of – so the audience that's watching us on YouTube, they're going to be able to see what's going on. So we are – as everybody knows, if you listen to the, the original Aaron Marquez podcast, it's our highest rated one, most views, most listens. So congratulations. Um, Thank you. It, we, at the very end of it, when we were done, we had such a great time. You said, how can I participate in this? And we said, why don't you sponsor the podcast studio? And so Fletch Azul came on as, a, as the official uh, sponsor of the Oilfield 360 studio. And everybody uses this studio now. So when they do, no matter what podcast they're doing, they have to say that they're in the Fletch Azul podcast studio. So we feel like we're doing as much as we possibly can for your brand. That being said, it was, it was just kind of a known fact that when you guys came on, again, we were going to start drinking tequila. So I have one mission. I've got to get through this as kind of the host of just making sure that this thing runs through. But for those of you watching and for those of you listening, we are drinking tequila. So I want you to listen to our voices. Responsibly, and we're over 21. Exactly. That's true. We are. And vaccinated. And vaccinated. At least our guests. Yeah. Our guests are. Josh gave me the COVID, as you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we are going to be... um, I, I just... I always listen. I love listening to that first one where we start out, my voice is crisp. And I'm talking about wonderful things. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, God, I just, I love you, Aaron. I, this is so great. Thank you for coming on. So we'll see how it goes this time. We're excited, man. So you mentioned he's a good golfer, Abraham Answer. Uh, Aaron Marquez in the oil field, you own Wildcat Old Tools. Uh, but Abraham, you are not just a good golfer. You are a professional golfer. Top, I think you're 21 in the world right now. Top 20, somewhere. Uh, 30-ish. 30-ish. Yeah. We'll take that. Yeah, high twenties, low thirties. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I haven't checked, but somewhere on there. Well, your Wikipedia page is says you're better than that, so I'll I like where it's been edited. You can't too. trust Wikipedia, man. I, it's to us, it's it's gold. <laughs> well, in our hearts, you're better than that. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So you are a uh, PGA Tour professional, which is cool in in and of itself. Uh, and then one of the things we'll touch on in greater detail in a minute, but uh, you started your first Masters tournament ever last year, uh, and you ended up starting in the final pairing with Dustin Johnson in the, uh, the final round, which is just totally awesome. Was that, what, what did that experience feel like? See, I, I blew it. I was waiting to not do this to the end. I couldn't even wait. How great it was, was awesome. It? And uh, I mean, the first time, actually the first time that I ever been to Augusta national was with Aaron the week prior to the tournament. And uh, that was the first time that I ever played at the golf course. So the uh, Aaron and we had a great time. We had a great host and, once we got there, I felt like I knew the golf course pretty well for like just being there once. We played it 27, we played 27 holes, the back nine, we played it twice. But the caddies that we had, they were tremendous and like giving us feedback or helping me out with some, with some local knowledge and some breaks and some, like just kind of how to play the golf course. And I felt like that, that really helped me quite a bit. And I just went out there with a mindset that I can just, doesn't matter. It's just another tournament. You just got to play good. You got to figure out how to play the golf course. I liked the way every tee box, every every green kind of looked. So I felt comfortable out there, and I just went out there and just played some golf. And it was it was pretty cool to be in the last group. Obviously, my last round wasn't the best, but if you tell me where I ended up on Sunday for the first uh, 
masters i would have i probably would have taken it yeah. so um it was a really cool experience i gained a lot out of that and hopefully we'll have a lot more masters to play i don't doubt it at all um and how long have you been a professional golfer for then um since 2014 so okay. seven years yeah yeah so right out of school right out of school so t so tell us about where you came from and how you two turkeys met and uh in the in the relationship that that uh was formed Aaron talked about it a little bit in our last conversation but from your perspective yeah you know, so he told us one thing we know he'll probably tell us the truth so probably gonna cross check yeah. Uh, yeah. our <laughs> stories so yeah i mean i'm from uh reynosa mexico that's where i that's where i grew up um border town here with with texas McAllen, texas and i uh that's where i picked up golf because of my dad when i was and in diapers pretty much he took me to the golf course there and fell in love with the game i knew from an early age that i i wanted to pursue uh this career although the pga tour looked pretty pretty tough to get um i was telling austin josh how how crazy it looked um as a kid be like man getting to the pga tour from Reynosa would me pretty much impossible but i've always worked hard my dad and my family always um helped me get to where I am in any way they could do it. Um, sure. So taking me to whatever tournaments they could take me, and it wasn't easy because obviously it's pretty expensive to travel every month or whatever. So, But now that I see how much stuff costs, like I was like, wow. I mean, they sacrificed a lot just for me to go play uh, a tournament. And it doesn't matter if I play good or bad. My, my mom and dad never, if I did... If I finish first or finish 80th, but if I give it my 100%, they were completely happy and content with, with that. And so I'm really thankful for, for being raised like that. Um, and then when I turned 15, I was like, you know what? I want to definitely give it a shot and go to the U.S. and uh, learn how to speak English and eventually go to college. And that's kind of the path to, to follow. So I went and moved to the U.S. mission and went to Sherilyn High School there. And then after that, I went to Odessa Junior College for a year. Uh, thankfully, I had a, I had a really good year out there. And then I had some offers from, from bigger schools. Went to Oklahoma and turned pro. And then I got my card pretty re relatively quickly. And yeah, then I met Aaron in a pro-am um, in a PJ Tour event. It was pretty crazy. Really? Just you guys were partnered up randomly? Yeah, we yeah. did. We're playing uh, last seven eight years so we played in the colonial prime wildcat kind of had a spot and we got paired with with abraham and and uh, i mean we hit it off as soon as we as soon as we met we started talking about tequila we started talking about mexico and our upbringing and and uh it was it was pretty neat to uh to see that because you know wildcat for oil field services um you norm you normally don't see a a logo on a on a PJ tour player and when we did that sponsorship with Abraham initially uh, I had people from all over when Abraham played well in the players they kept showing the, the logo and everyone kept kept calling and said oh man there's a guy wearing your logo on the is that the wildcat logo is that the wildcat logo and I've always been a big branding guy you know and marketing so Abraham uh, helped so much get get the uh, our name out there and and uh, so but he and I we hit it off tremendously well. I mean, like I've told you guys when I was here before, 
Abraham is like a brother to me. And, and, uh, and we immediately asked, would Abraham like two fat, white, older brothers as well? So we tried to <laughs> plug ourselves into your family as well. Absolutely. I man. have a, uh, just a quick little story about when we played Augusta. You know, that for all of us, anyone that plays golf, obviously we do it as not for a living, thankfully, because we will be very, very, we will be skinnier than we are right now if we did that for a living. Um, but when we played Augusta, that was a dream come true for me. And, you know, and Abraham had never played there. So when we landed, uh, we landed in Augusta and, uh, you know, and I didn't realize that Abraham had never even been to Augusta yet. I had been walking the grounds and everything and to watch him play that course, the way he played it just on a practice round was like, holy smokes. So amazing to watch that. I mean, cause you literally, you watch it on TV. It's one thing, but watching him hit the ball and hit the shots. And you know his short game's phenomenal, but we we finish uh, when we when we land, we go stand at the hotel. We couldn't stay on the on the premise because of COVID. We played a couple of weeks right <laughs> before the the Masters, but we're in this huge rental car suburban, which I didn't drive because Abraham knows that I'm not a very good driver. Um, so we drove to the hotel, and Abraham's uh, clubs are in the back seat. We're in the back and. Mine are in the back seat too, you know, because we're gonna get picked up in the morning. So I'm walking in, and I was like, "Hey, man, let's go have a drink." And he's like, "No, no, where, where's the clubs? I gotta get my clubs." And 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 he's like, "No, man, they're good. They're in the suburban. I'm sure they'll valet them." He's like, "No, bro, like that's my office right there. Yeah, and like that. Those clubs right there. That's how I make a living. That's my office. So like that is my portable office. I'm gonna I'm gonna take them upstairs to my room with me. And that to me put things in perspective for us. Because a lot of times we take we take things for granted, right? And we don't know how we make a living and mm -hmm. whatever, but seeing that, how passionate that was, like, man, that three wood that I have, that five wood. It's I think exactly it was like, the way dude, I want it. Dude, if my five wood, your five wood, five like, wood if breaks, that five, if that five wood breaks, I would like, be heartbroken. Yeah, that's what he said. Like, I would be <laughs> heartbroken. I was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, okay, this is when you realize that well, when we play golf, we do it for fun. You know, we drink beer, we drink tequila, yeah. and we're good. You're making me but, realize I should probably go get that wedge out of the lake by my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's just it's just different levels to that. But I remember that story. I was like, that's just phenomenal because it's true. It's like, man, if that five wood breaks, he's like, I've had that five wood forever. He's like, I'll be heartbroken. He's yeah. like, I don't trust that. He literally went and, I mean, it. and we can make. I mean, anybody, any week, I can get a new club, right? Hey, right. my five wood broke. But even if they make a replica, same head, same shaft, same swing weight, same everything, it's never the same. Even if you get a driver that if it works for you and then you get like a backup and then you try it, it's not the same. Like it doesn't matter. So it's this not particular the same. five wood is your five wood. Yeah. It's I mean, every, right now, every single club in my bag is perfect. I love it. So I, like awesome. right now I can't, I can't even think of like, ah, I kind of want to switch. It's like, no, like right now my bag is perfect. So like BB King, you know, famous bluesman. He he named his guitar Lucille. Do you do you have any names? If you named any of your golf clubs, oh, that is a great that is a, question. That is a good question, Dave. But mainly just with my irons. Um, in in Spanish, it's very common to play with the names of numbers and just kind of make it to like last name, like Ocho, call him Ochoa, yeah, or just stuff like that. It's but not. I, they don't have like an specific specific nickname. My five is is just my baby. I just okay. call him my baby. What kind of clubs <laughs> do you play with? So my, I have a little bit of everything. I decided I was a Nike guy mm -hmm. right out of college. I played all Nike. And then they stopped making, uh, they stopped making equipment. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go out and play whatever I want. Whatever I know I'm going to play my best golf, 
I'm just going to do that. And if I can get a deal out of that, great. If not, I'm just going to make my money on the golf course. I'm tired of being tied up and right. having to play one, one brand. So uh, I went out and I realized Mira irons were the best irons. And these I, are the ones out of Japan? Yeah. Okay. Japanese um, horse. I mean, they're, every club is made no, no, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> if, if you hear noise in the background, this is Aaron opening up the, Another bottle. I'm, all I'm the switching. And what's uh, really funny, switching I'm, gears. We're, no, we're, not, we're coming right back to this. We have an audience, as we always do. This is yeah. people like to watch the podcast. It's fun. So don't, normally, depends what guest comes in, they'll sit and watch. But on Tequila Day, it seems like we always have a bigger audience than normal. <laughs> and what I realized we've done is we've stolen all the tequila. They can't get Cheers. in here. Cheers. For this. Cheers. So cheers to those <laughs> Sorry. watching. Sorry it's about delicious. that. Uh, I'm sure we'll have to take a break at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so, okay, now back to the most important part of the show. You're, you're talking about your clubs. Oh, yeah. So I got Mira Irons. I have Artisan Wedges. Um, I have a Callaway Drive right now. I have TaylorMade Wood, 5-wood and 3-wood. I have a Strixon 4-iron slash 3-iron. And I have an Odyssey Potter, Odyssey Toulon. They're they're the same brand now. Um, and yeah, play a tireless golf ball. Okay, sounds very similar to my setup. Yeah, the the mirror clubs are incredible. I always always say that it's not it's not the arrow, it's the Indian. Um, but for here's the arrow, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But the the mirror clubs, honestly. Um, for a, an average golfer, a weekend golfer like I am, and you That's guys That's what you're are. playing with as well? Yeah, the Mira Clubs. How, I mean, how do you spell that for our... It's, it's M-I-U-R-A. And Mira. But honestly, the, the Mira Clubs, <clears throat> I've always been a PXG guy since PXG came to the to the picture, but I have, I have got a set of, of Mira irons, and honestly, the difference in the club and the way they're made and the way they look, and, you know, visually, when you look at the club, it, it's just such a... They look, they're beautiful clubs, and uh, anyway, they're, they're well, incredible. Well, so you, this has been kind of a fun day. You you can't get rid of me. I've been with you guys since basically 9.30 this morning. No, earlier than that, right? Yeah, and, uh Yeah, we had a 9 o'clock, so 8.30. This is wonderful. And you mentioned, uh, we were talking about uh, uh, Matsu, what, Matsuyama? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, winning the Masters this year. Uh, and you said you played, these clubs are from Japan, and you said you played in Japan and could not believe. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Uh, that was the first time I was in Japan. I get there on, it was Monday, but Tuesday and Wednesday, we had terrible weather. Raining, and it was cold. Like, I was, I had layers on me. I had a beanie. It was freezing, and it was packed. Like, absolutely packed. Where any tournament in the U.S., it would have been like that. There would not be a soul <laughs> out there watching. On practice round. This is a practice round on Tuesday. I mean, I have videos of a par three, like whole rant, like a set, whole number seven, playing by myself. Um, it was rows and rows and rows of people, and I couldn't believe. Like, you hit a shot, like a normal shot, you hit a practice shot, and they were clapping. Like, I was like, what is going on? Like, this is like a major. People were in the grandstands on the, on the, uh, at the range, just watching one guy, one random guy just hit balls there. They just, Love, they love golf. Love, love golf. And it's, the Olympics are there, there this Tokyo, year. Tokyo, yeah. Looking and, forward to and that. And you're playing for Team Mexico. Mm-hmm. I am. How cool is that? That might, listen, we, we briefly touched on this. I mean, that might be the coolest thing you're going to do ever, play in the Olympics. With all respect to, other than winning the Masters, right? I mean, a major. 
playing in the Olympics for your home country. I think that's just completely different. Like you can't really compare to like a winning a tournament or, or a major. It's just a different kind of feel because it's something that golf wasn't even in the Olympics for a long, yep. long time. They were, they were, and then they took it away and then it, they came back with golf. And I can't wait, man. I can't wait how to many, be there. How many players go for each country? Uh, we're going to have two. It's going to be me and Carlos. Um, but I think it depends how many guys you have in the world ranking, like in the top 50. Okay. So it just it just depends. I think two, if they're at least in the top 300 in the world. And then if you have more than two in the top 50, you can have four. Okay. But it's still, it's weird because it's not even a team competition. It's like individual. So I so, wish it was like combined or something so yeah. you can have, Every you know, like group. a team and That's also like a best ball. Yeah. yeah, so you can have a team and also have like individual. I think it would be a lot cooler. Oil-filled scrambles. That's all we're used to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Prang and Associates, the global energy search leader. Prang and Associates is the world's leading executive search firm totally dedicated to the energy industry. Over our 39 years, we have assisted more than 750 management teams and boards in 75 countries and conducted nearly 3,600 engagements. For more information, please visit prang.com. Range Valuation Services. Range is the only oil and gas focused valuation and appraisal firm in the financial services industry. Range specializes in appraising and valuing oil field equipment, machinery, inventory, and property, and customarily works directly with clients, lenders, investment bankers, insurers, and private equity and debt sponsors. For more information, please visit rangevaluationservices.com. Daniel Energy Partners, in-basin research you can trust. A leading provider of U.S. oil field research, known for its original boots-on-the-ground research approach, as well as its famous barbecue events. Daniel Energy Partners utilizes both its extensive network of top oil field professionals and frequent in-basin field tours to provide real-time market intelligence. Visit DanielEP.com for information. So Carlos just he's the guy that won the Houston Open mm -hmm. last year in 2020, right? Or 21? Yeah. I don't even know. Was it, it was 21? 20. It was 20. Yeah, 20, 20 yeah. yeah. That's right. Tail end of last year. Yeah. So see, I'm really effective when I I'm not much of a golfer. I'm more of a shooter. But when I do play golf, I like to do what like John Daniel does. A little, little little chipping and a little putting, you know. Go visit everybody on the uh, yeah. on the greens and you can step out and you can hit one great shot or you can hit an awful one, but they won't necessarily remember because you made it to the next yeah. group. This is, <laughs> there you go. That's my kind of golf. Yeah. I tell everybody, this is true. The best round of golf I've ever had is an 83. 83 is the best round of golf. No, uh, 84, excuse me. And I shot 34.50. That's, that's how I went. That's I shot, tough to do. Yeah. I was just lights out on the front nine and it was kind of drizzly. And, and you started thinking. No, and I said, I was like, guys, I think we should shut it down. I was like, it's <laughs> it's gonna start coming down at any minute. I think we should just and they're like, what are you talking about? And I just wanted off the course because I oh, knew yeah. what was about to happen. And sure enough, I just collapsed on myself and can't be thinking that way. I mean, I'd never shot a 34. Yeah. You're probably I was just looking at the tour. Out. I was trying, I was Googling how do I get my tour yeah. card. <laughs> how to enter Q school. <laughs> <laughs> It's a humbling game. That's huh? amazing. You know, oh my God. I, I listened, I went back and listened to your episode the other day just to kind of refresh and kind of hear some things. And there's an analogy you talk about how life is like the game of golf where everything's at your back, the wind's at your back on one hole. And 
you're everything's going great and then you turn back around the wind's back in your face and it's colder and you just like I remember hearing that the first time and then the second time like what a great analogy of just life in golf yeah and business too I mean that's yeah I remember reading something like that about Arnold Palmer he talked about that how you know golf is the closest thing to business than anything you will because like everything every hole is different so you know every quarter is different every month's different and then you know the wind changes the it rains it you just have to adapt every time to adjust to, you know, like we talked about before, you hit a five iron 200 yards or you can hit your five iron 120 yeah. yards because the wind's in your face. And you just got to adjust kind of like what we did whenever we launched Fletcher Sewell in, in March. I mean, we thought we were going to we had this strategy getting ready to go. And this little thing, COVID came in and we had to reevaluate what we were doing. Before you get into that, because that's that's a big subject. I want to refill real quick. So, uh, Hanaro, we're going to take a quick two second break. And no, nobody will even know. So just give me a second. You guys want to get a quick drink while we do this? Uh, it's your moment. You want one. I'll take some ice from you. Some ice. Here. Perfect. Hello. Hey. Hi. What are you Hi. doing? Oh, you, you paid for this, huh? No, I think you paid for this. Okay. We are, uh, the audience is not going to be able to tell that we just took a break, but I want to acknowledge that we just took a break. This was, uh, this was our problem last time is there's so many people watching that when we take a break, everybody floods in, fills up with Fletcher and it turns into a 20 minute party. I did not let that happen this time. You saw that I was like, all right, everybody get out of here because we'll never end these, these podcasts. So, um, we're back. We took a little break. We had to get some, so what was, what's draining out the. Resposado is going quickly. Reposado. Reposado. Yeah. What What's the Resposado? <laughs> no, you'd be surprised, my neighbor, who uh, loves tequila, he's like, man, I killed that Resposado yesterday. I was like, man, it's Reposado. Man, that Resposado is amazing. I'm like, okay. But... I mean, Just like people them. talking about Kroger. They always add, you can tell somebody's from East Texas because they had an S on there. You go to Kroger's. Kroger's? Yeah. Kroger's. <laughs> there you go. So, um, it's the Kylie Jenner. She got in a bunch of trouble. See, this is, or no, what's the older, uh, not Kylie Jenner. You're, you're Kendall, Jenner. Jenner. Kendall Jenner. Yeah, yeah. She He'll has a tequila know. company and right. she was mispronouncing everything. And right. so she got in a lot of trouble for like, you can't own a uh, tequila company and not know how to say the names of everything. So I guess I'm comparing myself to Kylie Jenner is what I'm telling you. Do you, you. want to learn how to say every single one, right? Or yes. No? Let's yeah. hear it. Blanco. Blanco. Reposado. Reposado. Añejo. Añejo. Cristalino. Cristalino. Extra añejo. Extra, extra añejo. There you That's go. pretty good. That's pretty dang I good. mean, I told you I'm Texican. There yeah. you go. I mentioned that. Or did you hear the roll of the R? Yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. So let's get back to serious stuff. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So, carried away. Talking about a lot of good things. Uh, one thing I would like to get an update on is what's going on with First Tee of West Texas and First Tee in general. I know that's something you're passionate about and uh, I've gotten involved with as well. Yeah, the first tee in West Texas is going to be an incredible program for, for all the kids. One of the things that's great is we our chapter, our West Texas chapter, is going to have a six-hole golf course. So anyone that's been to Midland over the last 10 years should realize that golf is very difficult to play because if you try to get a tee time anywhere in a public course, they're sold out multiple days in advance. So that was a big problem for us to be able to launch a chapter in West Texas 
and being able to get kids on the golf course when golf is such a high demand. And and if people want to get out and play, they don't want to see a lot of kids running around. Mm -hmm. in, in, in bigger cities, it's not an issue. In Midland, everyone's so big hearted, but it's, it's an issue to bring kids in and out when the demand uh, for golf course to people to play golf is, is, is pretty high. So it's been incredible that our chapter is going to have a six hole golf course just for the first tee kids. So they can come in and play six holes and, um, and be able to take advantage of, of basically having that to themselves. Uh, so that's, that's an incredible opportunity for us. And the game of golf really has, every time that we announce there's a, there's a new class that a, a new a program that we're launching, it sells out within minutes. And it's heartbreaking because w when we have board meetings, we get all these updates of kids that are waiting in line to come and play, to participate in the programs, but we only have enough bandwidth to, to be able to, to accept everyone. And what, what makes it even, to me, more, more fulfilling and, and heartwarming, like Abraham was talking about, a lot of the kids that come in and play golf, they're very low-income kids. They're, we don't have a country club to go to. Um, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a country club uh, to go to growing up. Um, you know, and and it, so it's, it's different, right? So you kind of, it brings things home to, to us. So you realize that, that the game of golf is, is bigger than golf itself. And I think that's why I enjoy playing golf, like we were talking about during breakfast uh earlier josh the the game of golf tells you a lot about the person itself it tells you a lot about their character the way they are um golf is a very humbling game you know it really is and a lot of times it's so much easier to carry yourself in a very elegant manner when things are all going your way but well let me see how you carry yourself when things aren't going your way when things are in a you know inauspicious where things are are just not going your way that's where you really tell a lot about the person and that's what we try to teach these kids is the principles of the game of golf because that's something that you carry in business uh and you carry in life integrity and honesty and character and and two i mean it's just it's the the first tee is just an incredible program so i'm very excited that that you asked about that david um this summer we're going to have our our program up and running on our golf course. And, uh, you know, in Midland, we always say that there's not a lot of things to do, and there's really not. I mean, you can't, there's not a lot of things to do. So for us to be able to offer this to to kids, especially lower-income kids, um, it hits home to me. It hits home to, to Abraham. Abraham has a tremendous uh, uh, representation in the first tee in Mexico. How many chapters have you guys opened up in, in, in Mexico since? Yeah, so, I mean, it all started with the WC and the Salinas family. Um, first tee didn't exist in Mexico three yeah. years ago at all. Wow. So <laughs> for kids that with low income or if you, there's, no, there's not a public golf course in Mexico. So if you are not a member or you don't know anybody or anything, you can't really play golf, which is kind of sad. So they... It went on this, uh, not myself, but I mean, I try to help as much as I can. Um, but the Salinas family and Agustin Pisa, they, they say, you know what, let's, let's change this. And they, they started the first heat. And in, I think in like three years now, they're up to like seven, eight chapters already. That's fantastic. So all over the, 
the country and um we're hopefully here shortly we're gonna do one in um in reynosa where i'm from so that'd be that'd be something really really cool to do that's really cool I didn't, there's no public courses down there, huh? So it's just a, it's very a very few. I mean, game. you can, you can get into some because they need the money, mm-hmm. you know, some, maybe some golf courses that are, that are private, but they just need the money because of whatever reasons, you know, mm-hmm. they're struggling. They may be able to accommodate you if you pay, but you still have to pay. Yeah. Now you can just yeah. go and, and for a low amount of money, you can go out and play. It's not the case. So right. definitely they want to change that. And good thing about the first tee is that it's not only just about golf. But it's a great way to learn a lot of values and a lot of just the core values in life in general that just help you to shape you to a good human being. So critical. It it really is. I mean, I think that the game of golf, I wish I would have learned to play it at a younger age. I mean, Um, why? Because you think you would learn the lessons? or Yeah, I mean, just because it's not just the lessons itself, but also um, the network that comes with with golf. I started playing golf when I was 24 years old i mean that's that's pretty that's pretty late um now you see these kids that come up and they're like scratch golfers at 12 and 13 obviously that i I, I don't want to do it for a living but just the using utilizing the the vehicle of the first tee and the principles of that is an incredible way to really uh take the kids away from ipads yes from video games from getting kids outdoors growing up for us I mean, we played soccer, baseball, you know, hand, whatever we, we played, and he kept us outside of the, the TV. And now, you know, with my son, like, I, I want him to play golf as soon yeah. as he can. I want him to play, to be outdoors because there's so many times that you go to dinner, and sometimes I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to deny about it. But you go to dinner, and everyone is on their phone at dinner. The kids, you know, you know, your parents go to dinner and they have the kids in their iPad and they're their iPads at dinner and they're watching yeah. or they're exploring, you know, and, and so I think that anything that you can do to remove your kids from being consumed by that telephone, yeah. which I mean, not I, just the kids, if you, you, everybody knows the game, credit card roulette, right? You yeah. go to dinner and whoever gets their credit card pulled has to pay for dinner. I always lose. I have a friend of mine who loses every time it's hilarious, but if you, there's another game they play that if you don't, che- whoever checks their phone has to pay. Oh, that's pretty good. It is a good one. Yeah, I like that. And it, and it kind of forces everybody <clears throat> to stay in the moment to dinner and, you know, can't check your watch or your phone. Just you have to stay in the moment with everybody. And that is, a, I have, I'm the only one here that has kids that are of iPad age. I've got an eight and a 10 year old and my son has just gotten into the Nintendo Switch. That thing is like crack. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is like you have got to pull that out of their hands or they will play it all day long. And you know, go outside and play. What am I going to do? I don't care. Just go outside. Yeah. So, so when are we going to send Patrick and Everest to go hang out with uh, Uncle Abe at Uncle Abe's golf camp, and we, so you can teach him how to, to play golf? Yeah. We need and to. And Counselor for sure. Josh will be there. <laughs> Let's do that. Hey, going back to <laughs> lunch. Good. Going back to lunch, and we had breakfast earlier. And Abe, what did Josh do when as soon as they brought the bill? Oh, he's just like, all right, see you guys. We'll see she's you. He's like, the- I'm going to go get the car. <laughs> yeah. You know, these guys like that, they're like, hey, you guys want to go have breakfast? I'm like, sure, man. And I ordered. So I ordered. to be fair, the guy came up from behind me. So I didn't know he was actually there as yeah. I was getting up to go get the car. It's used to, I'm used to it. As, as used soon to as he that. dropped the bill, he's like, I'm going to go get the car. <laughs> it was perfect. He's like, oh, you got it? Like, and it kind of looked like I yeah. just saw it coming. I'm like, okay, yeah, so these yeah. guys, like, I oh, see how it is. He did. He's got eyes in the back of his head. He won't tell you that. 
So Your spidey senses. It was strong. I know how to get out of a bill. I'm really good at that. So yeah, well, listen, you better give me a five star for my Uber driving skills today too. That's pretty good. I, yeah. yeah, not gonna lie. They, I both gotta try, say, they both tried to sit in the back seat when I was driving. Like well, this is not happening. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna drive you guys around. You used to get up front. Uh, I do gotta say the car, your car seats are pretty cool. They have speakers on, like on your ear. Yeah, right here. well, that's yeah. pretty so neat. They got a massage. Does it get a, does no, get massage, massage? no massage? Come no massage. You need the Mercedes yeah. seats. Those are the best seats. When you drive, yeah. they kind of grab you, and whenever you turn left or right. Yeah. Actually, Greg Davis is a uh, Ford truck. He has. Really? It's got it's got better massage seats than the they Mercedes. They do those, those new Navigate or the Lincolns. Yeah, those oh, seats yeah, are yeah. incredible. He turned that thing on the other day. That thing grabbed my butt, and I got a big butt to grab. <laughs> and he grabbed me. I was like, "Wow!" Do that again. Can you yeah. imagine if that machine had uh, machine learning? Uh, it's yeah. like, good God! <laughs> <laughs> they will be for long. Yeah. yeah. Locked in global energy and marine, uncommonly independent. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit Lockton.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at uprightdigital.com. So let's go back to the right before you started on something I, I do care about. Uh, we had to go to commercial break there, our first commercial break. Victoria, she's back there. So Victoria has awesome. To, I, just so you know, the, the girl that came in and said yep. hello to us, Victoria Beard, she is um, she is the conscience of the show. She has to basically say, is this, can I get this permitted and, and get it posted or not? So anytime we say something in my head, I'm like, ooh, Victoria's not going to like that. Or <laughs> yeah, she'll let that one go. So she's here as a guest today, which Perfect. is great. Um, she's awesome. I love Victoria. She's yeah. not doing this in the. I, well, the she deal. might be. I'm ignoring it. I'm yeah. not yeah. looking into the production yeah. studio. So we're just going to roll on here. But um, before everybody came in and said hello, so you were talking about how the winds can, you know, five iron behind you, five iron in front of you is different, different club. And then you guys start talking about um, Fletch Azul starting it. I really, this is an oil and gas show as we were talking about at breakfast. Um, but really, it's a leadership show. And people talk about what lessons, because the same lessons that it took a like, young kid from Reynosa to make it to the PGA Tour, I'm sure there was many times where you hit whatever wall that you were going to hit and you had to keep going. And, you know, I, would, I can't imagine that with all respect to Odessa Community College that you ever thought that was going to be part of your uh, progression to the PGA Tour. So I'd be interested just to hear, like, what has starting Fletch Azul as a, as a group, as a partnership, what does that look like? What have you guys pushed through over the last 12 to 18 months? One of the things that I want to, that I really want to make clear is because I, a lot of times people ask me like, well, how Abraham, how has Abraham been involved in the brand or, or do they think that Abraham was, is the face of the tequila where he, where he is. He's a, you know, yeah, he's, for the he's a he's a, a place in the PJ Tour. He's a handsome guy in the PJ Tour. He's Mexican guy, incredible, right? That's what. But 
He's not. If you face. are a, if you are a single woman, I highly recommend <laughs> you watch the YouTube version of this podcast <laughs> to see what the face of the franchise looks like. He's he's very similar to me, obviously. Uh, he's a little skinnier, a lot more hair. But hair. Notice, notice how he said, you know, we weren't even in consideration to be a p- possible face of the brand. No, no. What I, what I was yeah. getting and at, and you was, also notice how we just we just like to talk to ourselves on these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> what what I was saying is. Um, Abraham, although he is the face of our tequila, it's not, he's not the face. He's been involved with every aspect of, of what we've done. And I think that, you know, because a lot of times people ask me, like, that's great that you got to Abraham to be the face of your tequila. Like, no, that, that's not correct. Abraham is my partner in this tequila, and we did this together um, from the name, from the logo. The name Flecha Azul, you know, um, Flecha means arrow. And I remember five, six, seven years ago reading a quote that talked about that an arrow, you know, an arrow could be launched forward when you pull back and then you release and it launches you to a better, better situation, to a better direction, to a better, to a better opportunity. And Abraham and I, we share that upbringing. We share the upbringing of starting from very humble beginnings, but having an incredible family support. And people oftentimes equate richness to monetary value. We were both rich in family. And if I had the option to be rich financially or be rich in family, not even close. I mean, we will both choose being rich in family. And that's what we're able, we're been able to grow so close together. Like I said, he's my brother, uh, because we share the same values. And so for us, Flecha Azul is, you know, it's not just tequila. It's our culture in this bottle. It's the name Flecha, meaning arrow, being starting from Reynosa to being on the PJ Tour, from myself picking onions to becoming an entrepreneur and, and you know, in, in different settings. And that's, that's what it's all about. And whenever I sometimes I speak to elementaries, to high schools, to business schools, and I look at, I scan the room, and I, I scan the room, and I look around, and I see very, very few Hispanic guys in the room. And I, whenever I scan the room, and sometimes I scan back and forth, I'm like I don't see any Hispanics in the room, and. Um, Whenever I find that one, I'm like, okay, you're that guy that can be like me, that can be like Abraham, that can change the generation of everyone that's, that, that looks at you, you know, because one person can change the generation completely of, of a family. And so I always do that, and I see, I see that. Um, so whenever people talk about Flecha Azul, it's not just tequila. It's our culture. It's our name. It's our upbringing um, in this bottle. You mentioned Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner mm-hmm. earlier, Josh. Um, a lot of people are getting in this tequila space because tequila is the fastest growing liquor in the world. Uh, but tequila, it's not new for us. It's mm-hmm. not new to us. Tequila is what my grandfather drank, my dad drank, Abraham's dad's. It's like wine in it's, Italy. It's, it's just culturally. It's, it's our it's our cultural. Sure. It's our drink. It's it's what we how we welcome our guests. Mm-hmm. 
is how we say goodbye, is how we grieve, is how we celebrate. Tequila is everything for us. Um, it's not. It's not just tequila. It's this is our culture. This is, you know, we're sharing our culture to you in this bottle. Um, so to us, it means a lot more than than this. And you know, Fletch Azul um, has been an incredible opportunity for both of us, and it's been headwinds and and wind behind our back. And uh, I think you'll see over the next. By the time people listen to this podcast, there'll be some announcements that that we're going to be very excited about of of other people joining our team. But they're joining our team because they support Abraham. Mm -hmm. They support me. They support the whole idea. The whole idea. The whole culture. People want to get behind authenticity. (laughs) Yeah. And um, and I think that we're. You'll see, you'll hear about it in the next month, um, but Fletcher Sue will be all over North America, you know, and uh, all over the U.S., all over, and within two years, we'll be all over the world. And it's very fortunate for us to be able to, to bring that to a global level. And it's not because it's tequila, it's not because of anything, because it's, we're sharing our culture with you. It's kind of for people that have done business internationally or have traveled internationally. Um, you go to the Middle East and you have this customs that you have to, that you have to, that you follow because it's respectful. You go to Argentina, you go to the, you go to Saudi Arabia, to Kuwait, to um, Abu Dhabi, to Colombia, to Mexico. Every country has their customs, mm-hmm. and for us, it's very humbling to be able to share some of, one of our traditions, which is the way we celebrate, the way we get mad at the way we're mad at the ex-girlfriend or we're mad at or we're celebrating a, something good this well, is what this here. is not so tequila you you made mention of this at breakfast uh this is tequila gets a bad rap right because everybody has a college experience where you you know too too much salt too much lime and the next day you're like i'm never drinking tequila again most likely it was the 15 beers and you know hurricane and you know whatever else you had on spring break that finally ruined your opinion of tequila. This is not like we're, there's nothing in this. We're just sipping it. It's not a. This is a. Is it called a sipping tequila? I mean, just yeah, absolutely. You're definitely not. I mean, the key is to not add any additive. So what we, our goal with Pechasul is to stay as traditional as we can uh, with our process. Make it the way you're supposed to make tequila and not add any additives. That's the key for you to have good quality tequila. Uh, there's a lot of tequilas out there that mm-hmm. you taste are like, well, this is pretty sweet and easy to drink, but it's got a lot of additives and it's not the way how you're supposed to make tequila. And that's one what gives you a pretty good headache. And even if, I mean, if you mix it with other liquor or beer, I mean, it gets even worse and so worse. So there's not going to be any headache after this? I mean, no. you can pound as much as you want. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you... After tonight, though, in the party, we'll probably... <laughs> you probably yeah. will have a headache. We, yeah, we, gotta, we won't. Yeah. We're, we're going to stay on the straight and narrow. You'll but probably it, go do some Irish car bombs. Like, if you do <laughs> that, you, I mean, you're definitely going to get in <laughs> yeah. trouble. But if you, like, seriously, if you drink the same one... David's ratting me out here. And, you, and if you don't, like, mix with any sugar, you'll be fine. Like, yeah. you'll be just like, fine. You won't, yeah. you won't be hangover. It's like so, a counseling session here. The summation is, Josh, yeah. tequila drinking is like hard work. It re- Josh it really can't is. do it all day unless Josh, our family's here. There's something <laughs> they want to talk about. So tonight we're hosting, Abraham and I are hosting a tasting 
at the post oak tonight. We got mainly just a group of friends that are coming, and we're going to walk everyone through each profile. Uh, we have five profiles, and I think it's going to be pretty interesting to to get everyone's reaction of how you pair a good tequila with with uh, with good food, and and that's what we want. You know, like for example, I'm sipping right now for the people that are watching on YouTube. Um, I'm sipping the Flecha Azul Blanco. There's not many, if any, tequila blancos that you can sip neat. Not no ice. There's not an ice cube yeah. in here. There's That's nothing. actually my favorite. And blanco. it's it's just the smoothest tequila that you could taste. But the the biggest difference is we use a seven year agave to make this, and so there's no we don't treat it. We're, there's no sugar. There's no coloring. And that was a big important factor for Abraham is to be able to, hey, if we're going to do this, I want to make sure that I can get up in the morning, go hit balls and go work out and go. I mean, so, you're an athlete. I got to perform. Yeah, I'm an athlete as well. So I understand the pressure. You're, 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 built, you're exactly. built like an athlete. Yeah, I can see. It. So we're you both, feel me. Yeah, I get it. We've got to work out. We've got to perform there. You know, we have sponsors. It's getting deep. So I understand the, the pressure you're under. Absolutely, um, man. You know, so this will air. By the time this airs, nobody will be able to crash your party. So it's 2 o'clock right now. What time does your party start tonight? I need to know how long six, I have to maintain this. It's 6 to 9. Oh, man, it doesn't yeah. start for another four hours. This is you're, you're steady. You're, we're good. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about David. Uh, no, I'll, uh, I might David's throw fine. in an espresso martini, you know. Uh, have get some your sushi heart rate at the Post Oak. Yeah. I'm telling you, the sushi at the Post Oak, I've been all over the world. That is the best sushi that I've ever had. It's the only five-star hotel serious. in Houston. Really? It's that. It, it's the best sushi <clears throat> I've had any place in the world. And that's not a paid advertisement. I promise you. That is really, really <laughs> that's really, How really good. How much did pay you? No, I'm serious. That is really, really good. That's a heavy pour Can right there. Yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, this is water. This is... This is movie tequila. If you're still it's watching water. on YouTube, you'll notice that uh, <laughs> I keep sliding this cup. Aaron, Aaron used a, a great bit. amount of privilege in the pouring <laughs> of, of. I'm not uh, sure uh, Aaron is an athlete. Are you athlete nervous? Like I'm Abraham not, and I'm I. not an athlete. So I don't have to wake up tomorrow morning and perform. Uh, yeah. We might have to speak on this deal at four or six p.m. So I, I told Abraham, I was like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna be watching the bag, but like, go get him tight." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the interaction that we as individuals through first tea or small steps or any of these things where we can interact with these kids and give them a little bit of encouragement and talk to them about uh, what grit and hard work and despite all the other challenges that may be out there that you can do whatever you put your mind to if you just dream it and work hard for it. I mean, yeah. so such an incredible point, David. I, I think that one of the things that, that I see that that's hurting our society, a lot of it is social media, right? I mean, these kids get placed in this pressure where they have to feel like they have to be in this, in this circle and have to look this certain way and have to do certain things. And we didn't grow up with that. I mean, I, I can even imagine growing up in high school with TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and uh, Snapchat and all that. It's just such a difficult situation to go part of. But you mentioned a tremendous part about family and to me, that's that's the biggest thing, and uh, it's just having your your mom and or or dad or both, um, because we all have either one parent or both parents, and um, but a lot of times, like mom, 
my mom is like a mom and dad, and then I have my dad. She's great. So we, and it's just it's just phenomenal to have that root of the connection of family, and like for us being Hispanic and Mexican and and things like that. I've I've always said for you know for the last twenty years that being American, I'm a Mexican guy, born in Mexico, didn't learn to speak English till I was eleven, and. I'm, I'm always going to obviously be Mexican, but the United States has provided me and many others an incredible opportunity to be successful. And what pains me is to see people that use other avenues to substantiate their lack of progress and succession in, in, in the U.S., because of the race, um, every country that you go to could be, you know, this is America, right? I mean, if you go to the Middle East, you know, the Emiratis get social treatment, they get treatment, medical health treatment because they're they're from that country. The United States, it's a it, it is a country, just like Mexico is a country, and um, a lot of people come from Mexico to the U.S because we want a better opportunity. We don't want nothing free. We're, we want to work hard for, because we have the working values for us to want to develop and, and, and become better. And I can, kind of what you see what's going on the border now, I mean, it kills me to see that because that was me. That was me and my family, you know, coming to the U.S. And so I hate, I hate that aspect, seeing that. But people would look at the United States like a great opportunity to advance and and move forward, um, and but it, the opportunities are there, and that's what people want. That's what people flock to want to be in the U.S. because the opportunities are here if you're willing to work hard, commit to to being better, and not becoming a statistic, if you will, of okay, I'm Hispanic and I'm I'm 30. No one in my family have ever graduated from college. I can only accomplish this. I always tell people that I talk to small, you know, even elementary kids, junior high kids, is don't let anyone tell you what your limits are. Don't let anyone tell you what your, how much this is all you can achieve. Because I was a recipient of that. People would tell me, hey, you're, you don't speak English, you're this. You, you know, even, when, even whenever I became an American citizen and we're applying to, to get our citizenship, I handed over my my information from the company, and they the the they asked me and said, "Hell, man, you made X amount of dollars." The 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 guy that was doing our immigra- immigration processing, he said, "You're not like, you're not like the rest of them," and that's something that I will never forget, right? And and I just kind of chuckled. You mean and, in a in a way that it offended you, or what do you mean? You'll never forget. I will never forget. Those words, you're not like the rest of them. Like, so tell me what the rest of them look like. Oh yeah, because okay. uh, I make six figures, and this was 20 years ago when I got my citizenship. Um, like, what does the rest of them mean? But I didn't answer that. I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And but so I always just tell people, hey, don't let anyone tell you what you can 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 accomplish, because to me, the people that come from from nothing and build something. It just it gives you just a different level of of appreciation where the arrogance level comes 
thumbs down low because like, okay, I've been, I've been what you went through. Yeah. I've seen what you've, what you've gone through. I, that doesn't, that doesn't take away. You know, I have a lot of friends of mine that are wealthy, that are generational, generational wealth. And a couple of weeks ago, I read a quote that said, someone is living on the shade that of a tree that someone else planted. Yeah. I'm trying to plant the tree for my son. I'm trying to plant a tree for other people that can look at, say, hey, hey, that Mexican guy that didn't speak English is launched this successful business. That Mexican guy that is playing golf in, you know, in a in a yeah. terrible, you know, a, 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 playing golf in a, you know, a d- different situation that's not unlike like the U.S. is now on tour. I can do that, and and so I'm very happy that we relate to a lot of people. So there was we at, at when we were talking earlier. I can't. David's already nailed the best question of the podcast so far, and then the the other one that the girl who asked you a question on her podcast was, um, you know, what, what's your mission? What's your goal? And what, it, you know, what was the, what's your purpose? Excuse me. Um, would, can you elaborate on? Yeah. I that? mean, that's a deep question that can, you can take it in so many different ways, but yeah, it's good to think about like, what is, what do you think your purpose is in life? Like what, why are you here? And like, well, that got me thinking, I didn't have any time to really think about it. I was like, wow, you caught me off guard. But I mean, in the position that I am playing on the PGA Tour and doing what I love to do, um, I hope to inspire a lot of kids and just show them not only in golf, that you can, I mean, you can really achieve really cool things if you really put the work in, put those blinders on and just keep working. I mean, that you work hard and you sometimes you think that things are going to come like that. It just doesn't work that way. You can get lucky sometimes and it can happen. Mm But in the long run, the cool stuff and the really good achievements are not going to come quick. So you just got to keep your blinders on. You got to work so hard. And you can't just lose, like, your vision of, like, where you want to be just because you're hitting a couple bumps on the road. It's so easy to get really close to do great things and then turn back. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to quit. You know, And you can be that close from, like, greatness. And you just don't know. That way, I just don't matter how bad or how rough it gets. I like to just keep going. I just I don't like to quit. So I want to I want to ask on that note, and I I hate to do this, but it's it's a very relevant topic. You were in the Masters this year, and you were you know you come in with a lot of fanfare from the 2020, uh, and then on day one, there is the penalty mm-hmm. with the club in the sand. Um, I would like to know when you talk about you know, headwinds, like you had that, you had three more days to go and you were assessed a two stroke penalty. Mm-hmm. What, what did you go through that day, that night? And then your mindset for the next couple of days in the tournament? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was obviously pretty, pretty bombed. I was pretty sad and just kind of angry because I mean, I, it was a really tough day. It was playing super tough in the, in the afternoon, it got windy and it was firm. It was fast. So I grinded my butt off to go shoot, uh, I think it was one over. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty good position for the afternoon wave. It was a pretty good score. And then I'm already having dinner, and then I got I get a call from Augusta National, and they're like, hey, uh, this is obviously a tough call, but I need to show you a video. And, um, and I call you back in two minutes. I was like, what? Like, I, have, I, was, I was having dinner. I was so confused. I was like, what is going on? 
So they sent me the video and I look at it on my phone. I'm trying to see like what what the penalty like is. what was going on. It's like I was like, oh my god, are you kidding me? And they called me. It's like this was really tough. It took us a long time with all the <laughs> rules officials to to decide on this, but we decided that we we're gonna give you a two stroke penalty by just touching the sand. I know they're like, I know we didn't affect your or improve your lie or anything. Obviously, you didn't you didn't do it on purpose, but it just it is what it is. I was like, well, is there anything that I can do? And he's like, there's nothing you can do. I was like, okay, well, accept it. That's fine. That's a great question. I was like, is there anything I can do? And yeah, because I, I mean, you can't. I mean, you can. I don't know. I mean, you can bitch and moan and be like, you know what? You can take that negative approach, and that's. I mean, that's not going to take you anywhere, especially at that place. You yeah, know? they don't care. I mean, it's just it is what it is. So I was like, you know what? Okay, that's that sucks because. The rule says it has got to be visible to the human eye. And the video was like zoomed in to like that with a camera. Like, I mean, obviously I didn't see it. If not, I would have just, hey, you know what? I touched this. Yeah, if you've never seen the video, he puts it down and you can see him getting ready for the sand shot. No touch, no touch. And then the last second when the club comes down, it it barely touches the top of the sand. And I, I guess technically that is the penalty. Yeah, exactly. But. I was like, and, and, and I was like, you know what? I mean, I know it's zoomed in like crazy, yeah. but I mean, it did happen. So whatever. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm going to be arguing. So, uh, you know, I've got to, <clears throat> I've got to uh, come clean on a, on a couple of things. Uh, one is I learned something that day uh, that you cannot touch the, uh, the, the sand with your club. <laughs> and then two. Um, David's a bigger hunter than golfer. <laughs> two. To, uh, for those of you who have put up with me playing golf with you, I have probably touched the sand before. So not that I really paid ever attention to my score, but uh, for all of you, you probably should add another stroke or two to me. <laughs> I know I definitely touched yeah. the sand. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but going yeah, back sorry. to that, I mean, and I got, like, I got, and I posted it, I was like, hey, guys, because everybody was asking me, like, why did your score change two strokes? Like, mm -hmm. what happened? And. So the Augusta National had to do a uh, a report and just say kind of what happened, and then I I followed up. They're like, "Hey, do a, it'll be good for you to also um, post and just kind of explain or whatever." Yeah. So I explained like kind of what happened, so everybody will know what went down. And I actually put the video so people can see exactly what happened. And I mean, the response was like, "Are you kidding yeah. me?" Like even 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 from PJ Tour pros, is like, "Man, this is all." He's like, this is unbelievable, blah, blah, blah. But your word was gutted. It is, but yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I was gutted because I, I grinded. When you work really hard and you are just grinding for every single shot in a major tournament, and then they're like, oh, well, here's two strokes. I mean, it hurts. And you're, I mean, it's tough because now the next day I have to play really good golf and you did. just to make the cut. So, I mean, two strokes in any tournament is a lot, but in a major like that, it's, I mean, it's, it feels like it's so much more. And um, so I got, I mean, a lot of people was like, this is unbelievable, blah, blah, blah. Like, how, how is that even a penalty? But the rules are there for a reason. And I, I mean, I, I told the media, I was like, hey, can you tell us, like, how it's like, dude, I'm going to keep it really simple. It's like, I'm the one holding the club. I'm the only one accountable for this. Um, Classic. It, it, is, exactly. it, it is what it is. I mean, it, I mean, just, it is what it is. And if Life I... Lessons. I just got to play better and make some more birdies and make up for it. So, but we, you can take that approach of like being negative and just kind of be that guy on, on the internet. Be like, this is some um, bullshit, you know, like, yeah. 
I don't, I don't know if I can cuss. No, Victoria. 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 Victoria she she left that one. I'm yeah, looking she she's yeah. laughing. We're good. Uh, she's, well, we're good. You know, she's drinking but, tequila. We're good. We can really say like anything. So, right I mean, I could have taken that approach, but that's not going to get me anywhere. Maybe some sympathies like from in the internet, but I don't care about that. I just. So I've been pretending that we're friends for a while now. I've So when that happened, I said, man, my close and personal friend, Abraham, <laughs> was just assessed a two-stroke penalty. I said, this is no good. I should call him. I'm going to need your number after this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I went through it. Believe me. That was really good. I, as being a millennial like you and me, I went online and I just, I took to, I took to the interweb and uh, tried to get people, you know, to, to revolt, but they didn't. I couldn't, I couldn't build a, up a team. But really, you won't get much past Augusta National. No, right, man? listen, I love Augusta National. So I'm, believe me, if they hear this, I love you. Great penalty. You, it was a well-assessed penalty. <laughs> so, <laughs> But but to you, how did did it change the way that you went to the course Friday? I mean, I was obviously fired up. I wanted to get those strokes back, and I was I was able. To, I mean, I played a really nice round that day. Uh, obviously, could have been better, but I fought back. I bounced back nicely and made the cut. And then I had a chance to in the weekend to have a really good finish, even though those two strokes. Saturday I didn't play my best unfortunately. And then uh, on Sunday, I played pretty solid and kind of came back a little bit. So it was still a solid finish, but obviously, so, like, it's not easy. I mean, you need, I mean, you need every shot you can yeah, I mean, you out there. Um, and I, I, didn't, I hit the ball great. I didn't make many putts coming in. Um, and that would have made, obviously, the difference. But, I mean, I played with Hideki the first two days. And his teammate in the President's Cup, awesome guy. Is he? Well, awesome guy. Yeah, I like Well-deserved, super... He doesn't know much English, and obviously I don't know much Japanese, so we can't get to, we can't have very deep conversations. But he's awesome. His caddy is awesome as well, Shota. That that master still where he bowed. Yeah. Oh my that gosh. That, that's yeah. probably Solid. one of the coolest things in sports that I've ever seen. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was just such a class act. Yeah. So it was, cool. So it just, was just like, are you kidding me? Just respect. He, respect. In the, in, the, in the year where <clears throat> sports fans, not not golf related, but in other sports, really, being general, have lost a lot of fans. I think that golf, which is probably the one of the most conservative sports, mm -hmm. um, it's it's amazing just how classy that was handled. It was and awesome. I love that it, it it you know one of the things that has been very difficult to see is all the the Asian um, hate, yeah. hate that's been going on, which is unfounded and, and not good. For, for anything, um, rationalizing race and people is just never good. But so seeing that at that moment, to me, put the Japanese people in in such a high regard because it was so classly done. For us, mm -hmm. as an average fan, Augusta National is equivalent to a Super Bowl. If if you're if you're a golf guy or even watch golf, sure. I mean the. Even people that don't watch golf watch it the Masters. Is, it is the most it, special event. It's like the Kentucky Derby. It's we it's have the Kentucky sweet. Derby. We have it's amazing. You know the Super Bowl and and uh, other things, but it was just such a classy way to handle that. I, I, I got to take these guys to the Royal Ascot. That's what we got to do. We gotta, what is this? This is the Royal Horse Races in London in Ascot. Yes, yes. These you I have, assume I'm part you of have these to guys. Dress up. Yes, you do. And the ladies wear fascinators, which are these. Fancy hats. I love it. Like and, the Kentucky and, Derby. Yeah. Well, well, it makes the Kentucky Derby like, like uh, with all due respect to the Kentucky Derby, 
like Talladega. This is this why, is. Why did you look at Josh Whoa, when you yeah. said Talladega? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> no, he's just right. I, so track. I've only been. I'm gonna one up you guys on this. I've only been to one NASCAR race in my entire life, and I was 29. So this was last year, and um, <laughs> I go to this thing, and my buddy was dating the track owner. His name's Bruton Smith. I mean, you Google him, and Annalise Smith was the daughter. So they flew me out to North Carolina. I, I, had, to, I had to wear a suit to an NASCAR race. That just mm. makes me look like a cop right when I roll in this thing. So I'm, I'm in this brand new suit. I'm in the, the suite of the owner. I'm sitting next to Pamela Anderson. And I'm like, I'm in a NASCAR race here. So we go out that night and with, with her. And, and we had a kind of a police escort. So it was a big deal. And we get out of the limo. And I'm in a suit. And everybody kind of knows Annalise. And they're like, well, who's this guy? And she's like, oh, that's... that's uh, uh, Joe Gibbs is new driver. I was, I didn't know anything about car racing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got a car. It's got a couple wheels and I am, I'm the new driver. So <laughs> my one experience at a NASCAR race, I lied to the entire city of Charlotte and told them that I was a race car driver. I, there you so go. I'm I love NASCAR. Formula One. Yeah. Um, Formula One is, uh, I've never watched, I've never been to a NASCAR race, but I bet, I'm sure they're incredible. Yeah. A lot of people in there. I mean, anything where you go sit next to Pamela Anderson's kind of cool. Yeah. So you left that part out when you told me the story. Well, because she wouldn't talk to me. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I wasn't really pleased with that, and I kept trying to. I, oh, and there, the only other thing I remember about it was there was a fancy sp spread of food, and there was all everything you wanted, and then there was the kids' table, and they had these little uh, corn dogs. <laughs> And ice cream. And I mean, I was you shoving corn dogs down my throat <laughs> and eating like ice cream sandwiches. And I mean, it's so, no wonder she wasn't talking to me because so, so you know, I, I want to get what you guys. So one of the stories that I always talk about in my business, there's the my old partner used to tell me the story. It's the, the lady who first swam the English Channel. She swam, gets into it. You know, they kind of follow her in a boat. And then she says, I'm, I'm done. I can't go any further. Take me out. So they take her out of the water. And they start driving towards England, and they're within 500 yards. She's like, "Oh, you're kidding me! I'm I'm here. If I would have, if I could have seen the shoreline, I would have kept going." And yeah. you know, it's one of those things where you can't see where you are sometimes. So you're you're distraught. I wonder, is there a you know an idea like that that pushes you or motivates you like daily? Or, or I mean, absolutely. There's a lot of people, for example, is like they tell me every week, "Your game is there." Like. How haven't you been able to win on the PGA Tour? There are so many guys that have won, and their world ranking is like way, way, way like higher than yours. Like it's it's crazy, but it's like it's tough to win on the PGA Tour. It's very tough. I've won on, on Australia and like on the on the Corn Ferry Tour, but I don't mind being very consistent. I'm always. I feel like I'm I'm there. All the time, I I haven't been able to win on the PGA Tour, but I I've been able to to move up on the world ranking on the FedEx Cup and make it to the Tour Championship the last two years, and and been able to improve as a golfer. Obviously, I want to win. I want to win every single week. It's not easy, but I'd rather be consistent and not win and then disappear for mm -hmm. like a year and then maybe win and then where's this guy? You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. like the consistency sure. and. I would love to be winning every single week, but in golf, it's, it's pretty hard to do. A lot of good and golfers. A lot of good golfers. But I don't mind being that guy that is, you know what, this guy is like always there, always there. And yeah, and I feel like if I keep doing what I'm doing, 
and just getting more comfortable, getting better at what how I play golf, that's gonna that's gonna come. And I'm not losing my mind. It's like, why am I not winning? Like this is, I mean, for, it is frustrating, but I'm not losing faith, and I'm not getting to the point that I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm giving up, because I I like the grind. I like the that I is, just I, I just I just enjoy golf and how tough it is. At some point, I want to just break all my clubs sometimes, and sometimes I want to like have a party because it's amazing. It's just it's just how it is, and you have all these emotions. You can have all these crazy emotions in just one hole, like imagine in just one full tournament. So it's just I I enjoy the grind of putting in the work, and then you just gotta show up and do it when it matters. So I mean, it's it's just really really to do what I do. 99% of the people listening to this podcast are going to think, oh, this guy's a PGA golfer. You know, he's, he's you know, got everything going for him. The part that's transferable back to, to David's point is I love the grind. You know, it is, I like getting up early. I, I used to like business travel. I haven't really traveled much anymore, you know, in the last 12 months, but the, the grind part, how you, you mentioned your mom and dad earlier. Where did you learn the grind. Did your dad grind? Did your mom grind? I mean, where did that come from? Because that's a, in my opinion, it's almost a learned attribute. You know, you talk yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think my dad instilled in me so much, with him even even trying. But I, I just, I just saw it, and he did everything in his power without bitching and moaning about anything. He just get me to a tournament and just help me in a way that he could to just. All right, where are we gonna go? It's like I'll figure it out. We'll we'll make that tournament somehow. And it didn't matter, like I said, it didn't matter if I shoot eighty or I shoot sixty-five. If I gave it my hundred percent effort, that was he was happy, he was content. It didn't matter the result because I guess he knew in the at the end that was gonna pay off. And and a lot of people is like, dude, why are you wasting all this money taking to these events? You can be paying off the house or the car mm-hmm. or whatever you know what it is and, I, and at the time if i knew because i had no idea what money was or what like yeah. what things cost I was, I was a little kid i mean i had no idea now that i realized i was like that's impressive like that takes a lot to just figure out a way to just take your kid and and because you don't even know if he's going to pay off or not no. you know what and i mean he's not but doing he, it for you to become at the time but he grinded his ass off just for me to have an opportunity to he your your dad died in 2014 yeah the same year you turned pro yeah that was pretty rough did he know that you had turned pro so my dad the last tournament he went and watched me play was q school that's uh the the q school for to qualify for the pg well not for the pg tour for the corn fairy tour that's the highest level you can you can just qualify like that you have to qualify there, and if and if you make it through the three stages, you play a full year there, and if you're the top 25 out of the mm-hmm. 200 players, then you move up to the PGA Tour. So I made it through all the stages, and I went to uh, final stage, and he watched me play that that uh, that week in December, in December 2013, and then I missed my tour card by like a. A stroke or two, but I had I still had conditional status, so I still made it to the tour. I just wasn't gonna be making it every single event. And then my dad passed away the next month. So oh. he didn't really get to see me play as a professional. 
not not one event. So that was the last one. So yeah, that's tough. Yeah, but it, it got it, you there. It yeah, is. Cool. And he's it, watching you still. That's Absolutely. amazing. Like you know, you it, it is incredible. This is this is the best part about pouring st- into people. Like you, you know, he poured into you. There wasn't any payoff. I mean, he wasn't doing it for payoff. For it's he wanted the sun to be great. It is incredible the opportunity that like really with the platform that you have to invest in these into people because there somebody out here is going to hear this. Somebody out here. That's what I always tell people. It's absolutely amazing the reach of a podcast. I'm blown away by it. How many people talk about it, listen to it, and you know, no one's going to get 45 minutes with you. It just it not very few people are going to get 45 minutes with Aaron or Abraham. And there's somebody that's hearing these stories that you have no idea how that's going to impact them. And that that to me is the best part of this podcast or this this opportunity of this podcast is just to take those tidbits and look. I I thought about even asking you that question because I knew we'd talked at breakfast, and that's a pretty tough question to ask somebody. Um, but there's there's so much truth and uh, authenticity, really, in you behind that story, and like what pushes you, what motivates you. And I appreciate you sharing that story with us because, uh, you know, again, that's a tough story to talk about. So absolutely, thank you. No, he motivates me like crazy. You know, just to the way he grinded, like I said, in life, just to give me an opportunity. And if I'm there. I'm like, man, I had it easy compared, you know? So I have to, like, man, I was like, I can't stop. That's awesome. That's a good perspective. Well, so. Very good perspective. I mean, I could keep going forever. Talk about, you know, from one athlete to another. We could just tell stories <laughs> of, you know, training. And, You're a beast. And, I need to and call our gym memberships <laughs> that I don't go to. Um, so the way we kind of wrap these things up is we, we kind of <clears throat> talk about, is there anything that you would tell your younger self, you know, 20 years ago, well, in your case, maybe 10 years ago, <laughs> or a, a person that's, you know, today that you would give them a piece of advice or wisdom. And, and Aaron, I want to, uh, start, let me, let me give you a break here and we'll start with Aaron. Is there a piece of advice that you would give somebody? Um, you can't say the same thing you said yeah, the last time. You have it's to remember what you said, because we do. The, okay, good. No, no, the best thing that I can say is, you're going to go through life that is going to teach you so many different things and you're going to be exposed to so many different things. But one thing that in an ever-changing world that will never change is your family. Your family and your friends, that will never change. And <clears throat> the more you grow as a person, the more you grow as a businessman, as a athlete, or like you guys. Yeah, yeah, we understand. Um, <laughs> Cheers. You, the world seems bigger, but in our reality, it's just smaller. And keeping your core people together, and more and more now than ever, especially through COVID, um, I really value friendships and family more than I've ever have. And I mean, it, it's just it's amazing how you know. Your family is always going to be there through thick and thin, and and you always always hear that until you go through situations that that puts the that puts put puts to you in a front and center. And like for me, you know, um, if I was talking to a twenty year old me, I would say, "Hey, invest in you and invest in your family." And like I always say before, is learn to clap for yourself. So a lot of times people are not going to clap for you. People are not going to support you because they're like looking at you like, man, why is, I'm why are you, 
why I, are you doing I only that? I clap for myself. Yeah, but. like you do. You're like, and I'm learning from you, Josh. I'm learning. You're from an inspiration, you. Josh. Yeah. Um, but I'm serious. It's like, hey, learn to clap for yourself, and you don't have to clap for yourself out loud. Oh. But do it, do it to yourself, so you can keep going, because no one, you know, everyone wants to hear a successful story, but nobody wants to hear how you got there until you got there. Yeah. And so. The key falls into being consistent into everything that you do and falling in love with the consistency of what's going to get you to there, not not the end result. The uh, the don't show me the don't tell me about the birth, just show me the baby. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. All right, did we give you time to come up with some pearls of wisdom? I mean, sure. I would, if I would tell myself or a kid growing up, I'd probably just say find what you love and once you find that do not stop grinding because you can regret kind of quitting but you will never regret of always getting after getting after it i mean there's always going to be it's just i mean i don't know from personal experience i just i don't mind like i said getting after and grinding and working out and working waking up early and making things happen so i can so i can get some of Fletcher stuff and Blackwell done and also practicing and get ready, but because I enjoy it. And that's the biggest part of me. If I didn't enjoy it, I, I would have quit a long time ago. But if you find something that you love, it would be a lot easier for you to not stop grinding. You know, and for those of you that uh, don't know, um, <clears throat> you're, you're not a, I mean, I say this as a fellow, not giant guy, but you're not, you're not a big guy and you're smacking the ball. And, you know, you're, you know, one of the things you said earlier was you getting everything out of the every ounce of your body. Yeah. I have to. And I mean, that's that was the, actually what you said. I have to. I have to. There's I mean, if you look at the her players out there. They're pretty tall. They're strong. Everybody's getting fitter. Everybody's going to the gym. So I have to I have to stay on top of my game. If not. He's I mean, I, I'm going to be struggling even more. So I have to get after I have to squeeze every little ounce of my body for me to perform as best as I can. And, um, and I've been able to do that, but it's all about managing your time, balancing. And sometimes you have to say no to things that sucks. Can't go to weddings sometimes, can't go to things that my, my friends are getting married and stuff. Sometimes like, man, I'm so sorry. I, I can't, well, you, you told I me can't you want a dog. It. I want a dog so bad. I've been wanting a dog for years, and I can't have a dog because I'm never home. So it just—it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I—I I value time a lot now, and I know the value of it. And but it's—it's it's extremely important for me to really balance time and make everything out of what I can right now. I love it. One, one, just give us a piece of insider golf here. Who's somebody on the tour we should we should like? That he's just better than we think he is, nicer than we think he is, or cooler. There's so many, so many guys that are good, that are cool guys. Absolutely. Oh, that puts like me in a good Cam mood. Cam Smith is one. My buddy's Australian. He's got the dirtiest mullet of all time going on <laughs> I right saw now. His haircut today. It's unbelievable. Awesome Cam, guy. Cam Smith. Cam Smith is one of them. Okay. Kevin Kisner, absolute legend. Love playing with him on Sundays. Every time I play with him, I've made some nice cash. Not of him, just I've just played good when I'm paired with him, so it's just awesome. Um, there's so many good guys, man. I am. Um, I feel like I'm pretty easy to get along with, and I, there's there's a lot of 
really really nice guys up there i could i could name you some so many um, well, so we'll we'll let you. So you mentioned Black Quail just in passing. I'm just going to talk about that. Yeah. So we. So I mean, Black Quail. I'm actually wearing one of your Black Quail shirts here. There you go. Yes. But the, but one but, of the OGs. That's right. You, you need some plus size models, though. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. We need, we need to do that, David. Yeah. Sure. Cheers. Cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers to that. So we're gonna give you guys a couple. Uh, uh, plugs on the way out. So wildcatoiltools.com, right? Yeah. That's your oil tool company. Uh, FletchAzulTequila.com. Right. Black Quail Clothing Apparel. Black Quail Apparel. So blackquailapparel.com. Um, what else? What other things can we plug for you? That's a lot for now. Is that Those are three good ones? Okay. Yeah, that keeps us pretty busy. It really does. You know, Blackwell... Abraham's playing in the Olympics with Carlos Ortiz, and these guys came up with an incredible design for for the Olympics. And that so Blackwell's dressing Abraham and and Carlos. That one, is really cool. It really is. What's cool is that Abraham's involved with every aspect of what we do, and 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 a lot of people don't realize that. Like those uniforms, he's asking me, "Hey, did you get a chance to look at these uniforms? Check these out." I mean, he was involved with our guys, with our designers, our guys from Dallas, with every aspect of So to see a company like right. ours from, from us being, you know, in the Olympics, it's a, uh, it's a very humbling experience. But I tell you, everything you guys are doing is first class, yes, and I is. applaud you for it because, you know, there's, there's not a lot of class in a lot of things these days. And, you know, the Black Quail Apparel line, Great looking stuff, nice clothes. Josh was bragged about it. I mean, the tequila obviously is fantastic. I'm not blowing smoke. Your company that you run, Wildcat, and the way you're playing golf. I mean, just class acts. Thank and you. Winners cheers winning. to you guys. Cheers to you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for having we, us. Was this fun? <laughs> it was Absolutely. awesome. Hey, listen, again, I know your time. You mentioned that time is important to you. Thank you for making the time to come over here. Play in the Houston Open next time. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll get a an obnoxious crowd to come scream at you when you miss yeah. putts and stuff. I hope we're a hundred percent so we can have as many people as we can there. No, yeah. That'd, that'd be awesome. One thing that I want to share, um, last year, uh, there was a company, I don't want to say any names that did refuse to make jackets for oil and gas companies. Yes. And, uh, that was a big deal for all of us in, in the oil and gas space. They refused to do that because they felt that, Oil and gas is not a very good thing for for uh, where we are. Um, this week, I had dinner with the CEO, with Adam Anderson, um, who was a company that requested to make jackets. Adam, he was also a guest on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, Adam's a great guy. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, so I'm excited to Blackwell is going to proudfully going to be making all the oil field. Uh, jackets and vests for anyone in the oil field, and our we're going to decide on what what um, uh, charity we're going to work with. But yes. more than likely, it's going to be the oil field helping hands and a couple others. Uh, Blackwell, the company that Abraham and I own, um, we're going to be offering a discount code for every jacket, vest, love it, sweater that you buy from any oil field <coughs> service company. 
we're going to be given a discount code, and those proceeds are going to be donated back to Ofield Helping Hand. So, did, did John Daniel come up with that idea? No, but if you want to give him credit, I don't know. Well, because he called me right <laughs> after that and, and was so upset by the, the fact yeah. that they wouldn't sell to Adam yeah. and his team that uh, he, he mentioned that exact example. Don't we're deleting that name. I yeah. want, in fact, leave their name in. Just put a beep like it's a cuss word. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna do that. We'll leave. Refuse to sell jackets beep. to OFS companies because they said that we we uh, pollute the environment and other things. But, yeah, well, so Blackwell is gonna be able to make all the jackets for all the oil field service companies, and we're gonna do a discount code for all the Tough. for all the yeah. people. So I'm excited about that. You definitely got to make sure you've got the uh, private equity vests. Yeah. Oh, because... I wear vests all the time. I yeah. love yeah, them. Yeah, like, the vest. The vest season. Is, yeah. Arbitrage Andy. Shout yeah. out to Arbitrage Andy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we're going to have the, gonna have the, uh, That's amazing. the yeah. private equity vests. Yeah. You know, and, That's what you should call uh, the private equity vests. guys. My, my, uh, that's hilarious. My, my son put on a vest the other day for this picture. He's like, I don't like it. I don't like it. He's 10. And he gets his picture taken and he brings it home. He says, Dad, I, I look like a pirate in this vest. And he's wearing a white you know, button-up shirt, sleeves rolled up, and a vest. I said, Holcomb, you look like an investment banker. <laughs> you don't look like a that, That's the investment banking swag right yes. there. Yeah. A, there vest, a vest and a button-down. Yeah. So I'm excited that Black was going to be able to have that. We'll release that later on this year, and it'll be great to give back to the community, to Energy Strong, Oilfield Helping Hands. Perfect. Uh, the one thing about the energy space, we're all in this together, whether you're on the drilling side, fracking side, production side, marketing side, to all the oil field towns out there, you know, stay strong. It's almost and like it's every, every, 360 degrees for of sure. oil field. For sure. The, the one thing I, I want like to see. I like that. I like that. You like that? You know. That was smooth. The, the, one thing, the one thing that I want to see Blackwell do is get into an outdoor line, maybe some fishing shirts. And I'd like to do something that I've suggested that do for a while, as well as the people Beat that make that my Guayaveras. Uh, Guayaveras. Yeah, those that's guys. the great yeah, yeah, like he, this is, that's his uniform. uniform. Guayaveras. Yeah. I don't know what that is. What? You know, my shirt, my, sh my shirt, the last time I was here. My Guayaveras. Oh, is that, yeah. is that what those are yeah. called? Yeah. yeah, the one that has like the designs here. <laughs> so and we're stuff doing a Cinco de Mayo party, yes. and somebody asked me that. I need to take y'all. <laughs> Dude, what the hell is a Guayavera? I have never heard of that. On the way down, on the way down. No, but I mean, he was wearing a pink one, but that. On the way down, on the way down. On the way down to the Post Oak. On the way down to the Post Oak, we're going to Dos Carolinas. I'm going to buy you a couple of Guayaveras. We need to make some Guayaveras out of the fishing shirt material. I like that. Which would be perfect. Guayavera. Can you say it? I'm going to say it in Spanish. Guayavera. See, that's. Guayavera. Why, so you confuse me because you're like Juan Avera. Juan Avera. Yeah. It, it's, so why okay. Avera, yeah. Like some nice some nice khaki shirts to go bird hunting in. You could get Jack wearing them and stuff. We could go shoot some quail. That, that'd be good. And we could, you know. I'm so in on that because I love outdoors and hunting, so I'm, I'm oh, in. This is, this is your guy here. I'm your guy. Don't He has a really nice set of golf clubs, but I wouldn't take him golfing. Take him hunting and fishing. He's your mm -hmm. guy. Yeah. Gentlemen, this has just been unbelievable. I you, you signed a master's flag for me. I really appreciate that. Uh, all the jokes I've been making on social media. Uh, thank you guys for letting me have fun with you guys. And, um, you know, we I mentioned earlier, I don't know what part we're going to edit, what we're not here, but I want to say it again. Aaron, it's fun to cheer you on. You, you are a friend. We know you very well. It's fun to watch you do well. You have, you know, we're, I, we, everybody that I know enjoys watching you do well. 
And that's a, that's a nice compliment that gets Thank you. the things that are said behind your back. That's what's said behind your back. So I, I hope you know that. And, and Abraham, we are going to root you on like never before for a PGA Thank victory. You. Uh, even though, you know, like I said, I've been telling people for many months that you and I are really close friends. So um, <laughs> now that my... <laughs> We're both athletes. Yeah, now that my other athlete, close and personal friend, Abraham Answer, is, uh, has been on the podcast before, I'll text you later. But uh, <laughs> Give me your number. Yeah, I'm just going to need your phone. I'll number. give you my card here in a second. Yeah, your real phone number, not your assistant's phone yeah. number, not the burner phone. Yeah, exactly. So, but thank you guys. We root you on. We cheer for you. Uh, this is going to conclude this episode of the Oilfield 360 podcast in the Fletcher Azul podcast studio in Houston, Texas. Um, I'm sure we talked about websites and places to go visit for our guests. Uh, if there's anything you didn't like, please send it to David at oilfield360.com. If there is right. anything you did like, send it to josh at oilfield360.com. Uh, I don't read complaints, so don't send them to me. David will sort those out for us. Uh, this has been great. Gentlemen, ladies, and audience watching, we appreciate this. Hanaro, thank you. Hanaro is our new uh, audio video Genaro. guy. Thank you, sir. Uh, this has been great. Tequila gentlemen. over mezcal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll translate that for you in a minute, Hanaro. Um, Actually, I don't know what he said. So, Gennaro has a mezcal company. Yes. Oh, he does. Yeah. That's right. Hanaro is fantastic. So, again, thank you guys. Cheers to you all. Cheers. Cheers. So much. Everything going Cheers Thanks, to 2021. To Victoria. Cheers 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 to Victoria. Oh, wait. Okay. One last thing. United Airlines is our new sponsor this year. Our, our, it's a pretty big deal getting them. So, I. That's awesome. I think I'm contra contractually obligated to mention them. And be is like, this going to be the United Airlines? No, this is the Fletch Azul podcast, podcast right studio. No, that yeah. doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank right, you guys thank very you so much. much. Thank everybody. you. Cheers. Appreciate Cheers. it, guys. Thank you. The Oilfield 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. United Airlines. As Houston's hometown airline, United has long been the preferred carrier of the energy sector. United for Business offers a range of programs and discounted travel options built for all of your energy, resource, and marine travel needs. Get started at united.com slash business. Piper Sandler. The energy and power team of Piper Sandler is committed to the global energy industry and delivers exceptional client services in M&A advisory, capital markets execution, institutional sales, and investment research. For more information, please visit pipersandler.com slash energy and power. Prang & Associates, the global energy search leader. Prang & Associates is the world's leading executive search firm totally dedicated to the energy industry. Over our 39 years, we have assisted more than 750 management teams and boards in 75 countries and conducted nearly 3,600 engagements. For more information, please visit prang.com. Range Valuation Services Range is the only oil and gas-focused valuation and appraisal firm in the financial services industry. Range specializes in appraising and valuing oil field equipment, machinery, inventory, and property, and customarily works directly with clients, lenders, investment bankers, insurers, and private equity and debt sponsors. For more information, please visit rangevaluationservices.com. Daniel Energy Partners, in-basin research you can trust a leading provider of U.S. oilfield research, known for its original boots-on-the-ground research approach, as well as its famous barbecue events.
Daniel Energy Partners utilizes both its extensive network of top oil field professionals and frequent in-basin field tours to provide real-time market intelligence. Visit DanielEP.com for information. Locked in Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly independent. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit Lockton.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at uprightdigital.com.